1200, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, and always online at henryoil.com. Well, folks, there was, um, depending on where you are, uh, we do have some snow coming in over the next couple of hours. Some people are seeing some flakes, but it's uh, really going to start to come down. Not a lot, but enough to certainly make a difference and certainly gets people uh, uh, driving, as always, like they've never seen snow before. But today is a big day because, again, here we are back at it. It's uh, the Trump second impeachment trial. So it's going to start this afternoon. <coughs> uh, some of the latest headlines revealed. Was Trump really horrified by capital attack? Senate opens another impeachment trial for divided nation. 56% favor conviction. It depends on who you're talking to with that. He's not going to be... He's not going to be uh, convicted. Uh, I don't see right now, unless something changes, that the president, I should say, is going to be convicted. Invoke 14th Amendment. Would founders bar from office? Um, and then some of the others. Judge permits release of Proud Boys leader. Doesn't capitalize. Say they were following the president's guidance. Fed says he's extremist who directed siege. He also worked for the FBI. Um, that is one of the guys that was arrested. So that is the latest now. Now, it, it's also... All um, a, a matter of here's what I've come to, though. I have a little bit of a different take. And I I did see a story about this in the Boston Globe. And when you think about it, the more that they do this impeachment Senate trial on President Trump, which I don't think is going to go anywhere. Uh, I don't because you would need 17 Republicans to to vote to flip to convict him. And I don't see that happening. But the, if, if they want to do this, what they're really doing, the one first 100 days of a president is wildly important. And the first 100 days is when you really try to push to get things through. And when you think about it, so 100 days, if this impeachment trial, the Republicans at this point are basically saying that if you want to, let's, let's go. There's no rush. Let's uh, run out the clock. Um, the Democrats want to proceed through this as, as fast as possible. But uh, in order to, to do that, if you're the Republicans right now, they're saying, hey, let, what's the rush? Let's take 20 days. Let's take 10 days. Let's go two weeks. Next week, they're supposed to be on February break. So let's, let's go longer because the longer that the Senate is focused on this, guess what's not getting done? Well, nothing with the president's agenda is getting done. There is no discussion about raising the minimum wage, which is ridiculous, by the way. There's none of that. So, all right, you want to have a trial? Let's have a trial. Let's drag it out as long as possible. Now, I want to um, read Trump's lawyer say was immediately horrified by the Capitol attack. Here's what his allies and aides say really happened that day. Now, this is the Stanford advocate. Uh, someone sent me this <coughs> excuse me story. President Trump was horrified when violence broke out at the Capitol, according to his defense attorneys. Tweeted calls for peace. I'm going to touch on, on this in, uh, in just a moment. But in a test vote early this month, the majority of Republican senators indicated they'll be receptive to a defense based on the question whether the, the proceedings are constitutional. But the decision by the president's attorneys to also assert a claim about his reaction could give the House impeachment managers an opening as they prosecute the case. Now, also, keep in mind, who's going to be center stage with this proceeding? Congressional District 1, your congressman, David Cicilline, this is, he lives and breathes for this. He's one of the House impeachment managers. He can't wait to get in on this. He's going to get a lot of ear time. He's going to get a lot of attention. He's also going to raise a lot of money off it. He lets big tech know, you know, all of his people, they want to make very clear that he's a powerful person of Washington, meaning Congressman Cicilline. And when he sends you a letter asking for money to donate to his campaign, you better believe that he's expecting uh, a contribution of some kind. So this is this is exactly right up his alley. I mean, this is what he's been working towards, really. You haven't seen what has Congressman David Cicilline done during all of COVID? He hasn't, I'm unaware of him doing anything uh, other than the, he came in, he, he was in the Bristol 4th of July parade, he rode in a car. He did attend the Black Lives Matter protest in late May, early June, that then resulted in um, vandalism at the Rhode Island State House. Other than that, kind of uh, off the radar, and then faced a very stiff challenge from Jeff Lemire.
But uh, so they're saying that by Trump attorney saying that, that that could put the whole thing in play. So it took him a while to appreciate the gravity of the situation, said Senator Lindsey Graham. He said in an interview with the Washington Post, president saw these people as allies in his journey and sympathetic to the idea the election was stolen. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska told Hugh Hewitt, it's not an open question whether it had been derelict in his duty, saying there had been a delay in the deployment of the National Guard. And this was as this was unfolding on television, the president was walking around the White House confused why other people on a scene weren't as excited as he was that you had rioters pushing against the Capitol Police trying to get into the building, indicating he had learned of Trump's reaction from senior White House officials. Now, that's Senator Sass. He declined to comment, saying he was a juror in the trial. Um, a spokesman for Trump's defense did not respond to two, quests, uh, two requests for comment. Many White House aides, lawmakers, others said his actions at the riots began particularly offensive, even more objectionable than what he did to incite the crowd. President Trump did not take swift action to stop the violence. The nine House impeachment managers wrote in their opening brief. They say it's a dereliction of responsibility for the events of January 6. Week be- weeks before the joint session of Congress, Trump had summoned the crowd to Washington for a protest to coincide with counting the Electoral College votes. At the time, it seemed like a good idea. In the days leading up to the rally on the ellipse, the president was consumed with the event former White House official said, as he met with aides to plan the speakers, music, even staging. On January 6th, the president spent part of his morning making a final pitch to Mike Pre- Vice President Mike Pence to derail the proceedings. The president tried to convince Pence, use his ceremonial role presiding over the joint session of Congress to reject slates of electoral college votes that confirm Biden's victory. All Mike Pence has to do is send them back to the states and we win. Do it, Mike. This is a time for extreme courage, he tweeted at 817. Trump also kept up pressure privately, calling Pence before he left his home at the Naval Observatory for the Capitol, making one last effort to push him to try to overturn or delay the election results. Instead, Pence informed the president He'd be issuing a public statement arguing the Constitution did not allow him to interfere with the counting of the vote. Trump's mood immediately soured, he said, as thousands of people gathered on the ellipse. Trump monitored warm-up speeches by attorneys Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman for the White House. Around midday, he left the White House, made his way to his tent set up for VIPs near the stage. And videos posted on social media... The president can be seen intently watching the gathering crowd surrounded by family members and aides. (laughs) A permit filed with the National Park Service for the event explicitly said there were no plans for an organized march from the ellipse after the rally concluded. Now, that's the first time I've heard that. But some publicly, but some publicity for the events that day, including ads posted to a website, MarchToSaveAmerica.com, urge participants take a stand with President Trump at the ellipse and then march to the U.S. Capitol building to protest the, the certification of the Electoral College. Uh, and Trump was taken with the idea he might lead the crowd in a dramatic walk along Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol and raised it with AIDS days before the event. Uh, with the knowledge, people, an official who was more than 15 advisors, remember Congress, geofficial officials, uh, many speaking condition of anonymity to share candid details. Boy, that would have been something to see if he had actually led the walk to the Capitol. Even after the Secret Service and advisors around the president nixed the idea for security reasons, which I've heard, quoted former officials, President Trump still included several references to such a march in his speech. After this, We're going to walk down to the Capitol. I'll be there with you. Later, he added, I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He concluded, so let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, instead, the president returned to the White House. The Secret Service wouldn't have it. Even before the speech was over, thousands of his supporters turned and began marching towards the Capitol. 
It was already a large crowd gathering around the complex. As I've told you folks, and again, good afternoon. <coughs> Excuse me. It's John DePietro on this uh, impeachment Tuesday. There were some people that they, they didn't even go to the speech. They just went immediately to the Capitol. That was their interest, to protest out in front. The way there are protests every single day. Anyone you go to Washington, if you go by the Capitol of the Supreme Court, there's daily protests there, daily protests. So there was already a large crowd gathering around the complex. By the time the president finished his 70-minute speech, so he, he actually started speaking at noon. We carried it live. And then he finished a little about 10 minutes past one. Pence had already gaveled the opening joint session inside the Capitol. Outside, crowds were surging toward the building, an already overwhelming metal barricade set up outside. Soon, cable news reports showed rioters clashing with police outside the building. By 1.49, nearly an hour after the Capitol Police Chief had urgently requested backup from D.C. police, the president remained focused on his recently concluded speech. He tweeted a video of his own remarks, adding, Our country's had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. At 2.11, the rioters broke into the building, smashing a window with a piece of lumber. Minutes later, Pence was hustled from the Senate chamber. First the Senate and then the House went into recess and lawmakers were hastily evacuated. There's that video where they say, go up to one of the senators and say protesters are in the building. Spokesman for Senator Mike Lee has said that around this time he received a call on his cell phone from the president. The president was not calling to inquire about the well-being of the senators who had been rushed from the chamber. Rather, he thought he had the phone number for Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, who had said he would object to the electoral votes of some states. Trump was hoping to persuade Tuberville to expand his challenge and slow the process further. But apparently he reached Senator Mike Lee. Lee's spokesman did not respond to requests for comment. Not long afterward, 224, the president tweeted, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. USA demands the truth. Inside the Capitol, the pro-Trump people had just come within seconds of encountering Pence, who had been rushed into a hideaway by his Secret Service detail. Speaking Sunday on Fox News Sunday, Rep. Liz Cheney questioned whether the tweet sent as the invading mob was going through the Capitol was a premeditated effort to provoke violence. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think that no one knew that at the time. No one knew what was going on inside. So that's not true. At the White House, Trump aides began fielding panic calls from members of Congress, including including close allies who had long been loyal to the president. They promised they'd vote against the account of the Electoral College, but begged him, now tell the crowd stand down. Lindsey Graham reached out to the president's daughter, Ivanka, who had gone to the Oval Office as the rioters began to implore her for help. He said in an interview last month, they were all trying to get him to speak out, tell everyone to leave. Graham said of the aides huddled with uh, the president that day. The Senate did not know why it took so long to get the president to respond. Another close advisor said rather than appealing appalled, the president was consuming the events on television, enjoying the spectacle, and encouraged to see his supporters fighting for him. At some point... White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows was persuaded by staff to attempt to intervene with the president. Finally, at 2.38, 90 minutes after the siege, the president tweeted, Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They're in the side of our country. Stay peaceful. One person familiar with discussions about the president should tweet said the president had resisted adding the final phrase, stay peaceful. A little after 3 o'clock, Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller authorized full activation of all 1,100 members of the D.C. National Guard after urgent requests from the Capitol Police. While the president's defense attorneys claim he and the White House took immediate steps to coordinate with authorities, the president played no role in, uh, no known role in organizing reinforcements that day. Among those who reached out to the president that afternoon were House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, close Trump ally, Later told allies he found the president watching events on television and distracted. Concern his request for the president to mean had not gotten through, he followed up with Jared Kushner, asked him to get the president, urged the rioters to go home. At 3.13, little more than a half hour after the first tweet, the president tweeted, this time he wrote more forcefully, I'm asking for everyone at the Capitol, remain peaceful. No violence. 
Remember, we're the party of law and order. Respect the law. Great men, women in blue. Thank you. Another hour passed. During this time, as the rioters surged through the building and reveled on the Senate floor, the president made no effort to check on the well-being of his vice president or his team who were sheltering in place at the Capitol. Aid said that lack of outreach angered Pence more than anything else that the president did for after the riot. Five days passed before the two men spoke again. Uh, the president also did not make contact with Senate Senator Mitch McConnell, who was in constant communication with Pence, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, along with military and law enforcement officials. The president did not participate in any of the group calls. Shortly before 4 o'clock, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie went on ABC News and said he'd been trying without success to reach President Trump for 25 minutes. Christie said the president caused this protest to occur. He's the only one who can make it stop. Said he had hoped to tell the president at 417, more than an hour after his last public comment, after police continued to wage hand-to-hand combat with rioters trying to press into the building, the president posted a video which he told the crowd, you have to go home. He also expressed sympathy. There's never been a time like this when such a thing happened, when they could take it away from all of us. Go home. We love you. You're very special. Trump aides latest of the video was considered the best of three separate takes he filmed that day. Boy, we haven't seen the other two, if they even still exist. As a curfew called by the D.C. Mela fell over the city at 6 o'clock, the president tweeted again. This time, he went even further, expressing sympathy for supporters and their actions. These are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide of election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly, unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. In the post-interview two days after the riot, Lindsey Graham called the tweet very unhelpful and expressed confusion why the president had not acted more forcefully. I'd like to know more, he said. In the immediate wake of the riot, Meadows was already telling people the president wanted the violence to end immediately. The official said it's not believable then or now when presented by Trump's lawyers. A spokesman for Meadows did not respond to a comment. Um, House impeachment managers are expected to argue that the president could have restrained the mob if he acted more swiftly and forcefully. Comments by some of those who allegedly invaded that, the Capitol that day support the idea. In a video posted to the social media site Parlor the afternoon of January 6th, Jacob Chansley, the wealth in, who was in the well of the Senate chambers wearing a headdress of animal fur and horns, told an unnamed person after he exited the building he had done so because the president had tweeted the rioters should leave. President Trump asked everyone to go home. He just put out a tweet. It's a minute long. He asked everyone to go home. So that is, um, folks, again, that is the latest. Good afternoon. I know that was kind of long. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and, and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. So I um, I also want to mention, folks, this portion of the program. Remember, there's more snow coming. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- Two seven two thirty three forty. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain Auto Body 401-272-3340. So that is, um, and I've been following it like many of you, but very very extensively. And that is uh, the latest and most extensive day of type of article that that I have read. Uh, that basically really almost goes into a. You know, a a timeline of almost like minute by minute. Now, as I mentioned, Congressman David Cicilline, he's getting a lot of play on this whole thing. Uh, For him, this is a dream come true. He is one of the impeachment managers. He's been working towards this. Uh, Does he do anything to improve your life during the pandemic? No. Does he do anything to try to uh, help businesses or help people uh, get the vaccine? The answer is no. No, he hasn't done any of those things. No, this is all about he is very, very excited with the amount of attention he's going to get off this. He um, and you know what else is if you're in CD1, Congressional District 1, he has no intentions of helping uh, any any of the people. If, If you're not with him, if you're someone that says, you know, I have to admit I, I voted for the president. Uh, he has no interest, zero interest in helping you 
in in any fashion. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. And 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 the real he's not he is not there to try to work and serve all the people. I mean, he's he's just not. And anyone that thinks that is you, you know you're fooling yourself. Uh, um, he he is not. Now I also want to play. This is um, Willie Geist. As you can imagine, Morning Joe, they were all over this. Uh, let me play Willie Geist almost pulled a Biden here. Uh, let me uh, play this sound. President of the United States believed that former President Trump incited an erection, excuse me, incited an insurrection with Uh-oh. his rhetoric. Wait a minute. Up, just on a personal level, does the President of the United States believe that former President Trump incited an erect, excuse me, incited an insurrection with his rhetoric leading up to... Just on a personal level, does the president of the United States believe that former President Trump incited an erect, excuse me, incited an insurrection? With Go easy. Well, my goodness, folks, these guys are obsessed. Him and he almost pulled a Schumer there is how it's being described with his uh, reaction. Of All right. Enough of that. I heard you the first time. I also want to see I will not apologize. AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on her murder accusation of Ted Cruz. How is that possible? What do you mean you don't apologize? I will not apologize. She was speaking yesterday in New York, and uh, they asked her about that. And there is sound of her. Um, I I don't understand. She said that Senator Ted Cruz uh, accused him having nearly having her murdered during the Capitol riot. When asked at an event in Queens, I think I do have sound of this, whether she planned to apologize for that. Uh, calling for his resignation, she defended her tweet. That's not the. I will not apologize for what I said. Now, on January twenty eighth, she tweeted a response to Ted Cruz, who had said he agreed with AOC's concern about the Robin Hood stock trading platform. I'm happy to work with the Republicans on this issue, she tweeted. But you almost had me. You almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. What? So then Representative Chip Roy led a group of House Republicans trying to force her to apologize to Cruz. Last week, she said during an Instagram video broadcast, a police officer banged on her office door, making her fear rioters had entered her congressional office. She was also dubbed Alexandra Ocasio-Smollett. After details emerged, she exaggerated the extent of her trauma, given she was in an office building nearby, not at the Capitol itself during the riot. You know, that is absolutely accurate. And and on top of that, she gave very dramatic uh, rendition version of events of that she could hear them banging. This is her uh, yesterday in New York when asked about it. Who was that? You know, maybe because he didn't use the word nearly. Let me play that again. Is that what it is? Because he didn't say nearly. So. Excuse me, folks. I apologize. Good afternoon. It's Johnny Petro. I guess what what the reason she said no is because he didn't use the word nearly. He didn't say nearly murdered. And then as a result of that, that's how they get around it. Because the person asking her didn't use the word nearly. But her version of events... And how it went down. Um, it, it just, it's, she's not dealing in reality. She completely exaggerated. That's why then people were mocking her. But she, she didn't like that she was being criticized for saying that. And instead of saying, you know, maybe I, I jumped the gun on the whole thing. Um, her way around that is to then basically as we've talked about, to try to make yourself into a victim, right? I mean, that's what it's it's really about. Uh, because she believes that there's power in being a victim. And she's very comfortable, by the way. AOC is very, very comfortable in playing the role of victim. And it also doesn't take away 
from her telling the story that she could hear them banging on her office door and banging through the glass. And they were basically, you know, coming through at her. And none of that, none of that was true with what she told. None of it was true with with how she described it. Um, It didn't happen that way. The way she was, as we talked about, she wasn't even in the building. But that's like the expression, another great story ruined by by an eyewitness. AOC, she now tells the story. She's a survivor. She survived. None of this happened. Here's uh, AOC. Listen, listen to the way she describes this. And the media doesn't even call her out on it. This is a complete lie. You know, I hear all of these rioters behind the glass of the doors. You know, I hear all of these rioters behind the glass of the doors. All of it fake. None of that happened. They weren't rioters outside the glass door. And she didn't hear them. She was in a different building. Folks, good afternoon at 1233. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. You know, it's a, a local interesting development story is Governor Raimondo is set to be on a Facebook Live this afternoon. She's going to join in. Now, keep in mind, she hasn't spoken since December 22nd. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo has not talked to reporters since Tuesday, December 22nd. She will be on Facebook today. She tweeted out, looking forward to joining Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee and Dr. Alexander Scott and Dr. McDonald at 3.30 for a Facebook Live to answer your questions on COVID-19 vaccine. So that is uh, Governor Raimondo feeling heat. Feeling she needs to speak out. Um, She's also framing that that's what she, those are the only questions that she wants to answer. She has no intentions of talking about at least the, the latest controversy, especially with Brett Smiley, who the Republican Party is calling on that he should step down. He should resign since uh, right now it's, it, it is coming off like a a pay to play it is coming off as if it is if you want a state contract then you need to donate to his mayoral campaign that's the way it's coming off right now i also wanted to mention i did see a story that we had been following was that of the story of the dentist in barrington and i'm seeing that amanda milkovitz of the Boston Globe tweeted out, uh, let's see, the judge has sentenced Dr. Gordon to a year probation for assault and six months probation for disorderly. He must attend mental health evaluation, sensitivity training, and have no contact with the victim. He apologized in court. However, the judge did not use the hate crime sentence against that Barrington doctor who, if you remember, was fighting with his neighbor, used racial slur. Um, He used racial slurs against neighbor, lied, called the police, saying had been assaulted. So the judge says that this was the dentist, retired, I think, dentist, uh, Gordon in um, Barrington, said his actions were repulsive, but it doesn't fall as a hate crime under state law. Said the attorney general should talk to legislators about the law. So he's not going to jail. Year probation for assault. Six months probation for disorderly, but no kind of crime or sentence, I should say, uh, regarding his uh, any of the language that was used. So that is um, that's big. That is uh, that is absolutely big for that. There was a lot of outcry on that. And then immediately following that. They um, put up that Black Lives Matter flag. In Barrington, and you know that's still up there, and there's still a lot of debate about that. But that is um, that is big. I'm also seeing Ivanka Trump is urging President Trump to cut ties with Marjorie Taylor Greene, saying she's too extreme. 
So the um, that Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, you know, folks, and I, I get some messages um, sent to you. I mean, sent to me, excuse me, from a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, some of her things, they, they just defy logic with the things that she tries to advocate for or throw it out. And, you know, especially when you get into that these were space lasers that were responsible for some of the forest fires out, out west. That that is that's not an opinion. That gets into like that that's just Looneyville if you start saying things like this. Uh, like that. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop in today. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. Stop in and see John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Call them at 727-1716, 401-727-1716. Firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Stop in and see the Defender of the Faith, John Francis, at Competition Shooting Supplies. You can call him at 727-1716. By the way, he also has a great Facebook page, and he's often uh, posting some, uh, as far as stock, is what he has in stock. Check it out at the Facebook page. It's Competition Shooting Supplies. In in my mind, there's no competition when it comes to who is number one, and that is John Francis with Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket now, not in Providence, in Pawtucket. It's Competition Shooting Supplies. Um, now, obviously, folks, all talk that's going to be dominated is going to be about the situation, um, the situation with the impeachment. They're the ones that want to move move ahead with the impeachment, and they feel <laughs> they feel. Boy, Rudy Giuliani has taken some hits as well. Giuliani had three triple drinks before the infamous presser claims rival. I'll um I'll get to that story in a minute. It is all um it is all listen, everybody's under attack. If you supported the president, then uh you are finding yourself under attack on this whole thing. And and what's also outrageous, and I mentioned this last hour, was was outrageous was the uh, that that piece of the woman that said some Trump supporters, some tr- some um, Trump supporters had plowed this woman's driveway, and she compared them to Hezbollah and Nazi sympathizers. That that is beyond insulting. I mean, that is just outrageous, and to make that type of accusation in that way. Is is just see, but that's all being done by design. It's all done by design because they are trying to use this opportunity to completely dismantle the Republican Party. They want to make sure that President Trump, their goal is that he cannot run again. And that's how it's going to that that is their goal with the impeachment. To try to make it that President Trump, that you, they, they want you to feel like you would never support him again. That, you know, if you have a family member or a neighbor that was a Trump supporter, that, <clears throat> um, that you know, that that's, that's the way that it. It goes as far as they they want to make it that use this moment to destroy their 74 million people that voted for President Trump. And they want to cut into that 74 million. If you're a supporter, they want you to think twice about it. Look yourself in the mirror. If you are, um, you know, have a family member or a friend or a worker, that's a Trump supporter. They are attempting. 
to try to absolutely hum- humiliate yourself. I want to play. This is some sound of a Good Morning America GMA this morning talking about today. Arguments are going to be right now. <coughs> How is the broader Trump world looking at this? What do we know about what the president is thinking? Oh, well, they're focusing, George, as you heard from Rachel say, solely on that question of constitutionality and making the case that the responsibility for the riot rests with the rioters. But what I am told Donald Trump himself is primarily focused on is revenge. He wants to take revenge on those Republicans who voted for impeachment, on those who have been insufficiently supportive of him during this time, and that once this trial is over, Donald Trump will reemerge, and I am told by his political advisors, reassert his control, or at least try to reassert his control over the Republican Party. Meantime, John, President Biden is saying about as far away from this as he can. No question. Uh, Look, Joe Biden is in the midst of his first hundred days. He needs to get his legislative priorities through the Senate. He needs to get the rest of his cabinet approved. Biden, of course, wants to see Donald Trump held accountable for what happened, but it is very low on his list of priorities. His top priority regarding the Senate trial uh, is, frankly, George, getting it over with as quickly as possible. Okay, John. Well, not so fast. And if you're the Republican Party, not so fast. You guys want a trial? Let's have a trial. That's what they're saying. Folks, good afternoon. It's 1243. There is uh, some snowflakes in the air, and we are going to have, depending on where you are, light distance this afternoon. But snow is falling. Could be two inches, could be four inches. But just plan this afternoon. There's definitely going to be some snow out there. This portion of the program is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call Coogs today, 401-732-6562. Do you need help with plumbing? Do you need help with your heating system or your cooling system? R.E. Coogan Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Residential services, commercial, from winter to summer. Train technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, installation. R.E. Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers. Pride ourselves making customer service satisfaction a top priority. Call R.E. Coogan and Heating today. 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562 for R.E. Coogan and Heating. Now, on the website, depetro.com, I do have the story about Brett Smiley. And this is no small feat that's going on right now because Smiley is basically putting incoming Governor Dan McKee in a very difficult position as far as with all the events that are surrounding Smiley right now. I think he's making it impossible for Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee to keep him as director of administration. I have a story up on DePetro.com right now, which is can Smiley, uh, can he survive? Can he remain? Republican Party is calling for him to resign. Again, DePetro.com, which is brought to you by Allstate Lock. Experts in locking systems, building security. Get some security cameras outside your home or your business. Call Allstate Lock today, 401 349 0042 or online at allstatelock.com. Well, right now it's 1245. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, which is depetro.com. You just click on the, the uh, listen live button. Can, can Smiley survive? I want to play. Channel 12 did an initial story on this and i'm glad that the republican party this you can't have the state in a pay-to-play atmosphere and that's basically what's going on right now so when you have the director of administration you can't be you know and he's already trying to run for mayor of providence he wants to be mayor. you you can't be having state vendors donating to campaign this goes back to like uh governor depreet days so here was one of the uh, stories on it 
by uh, Channel 12 that's done some good work on this uh, story. Investigators now at 4, Rhode Island Department of Administration Director Brett Smiley refunding campaign donations tied to state vendors. Joining us now via Zoom, Target 12 investigator Steph Machado, who covers the city of Providence for us. Steph, you and our colleague Eli Sherman uncovered these campaign donations, and as you reported last night, Smiley, who was planning to run for mayor of Providence, is now returning some of those donations as a result of your reporting. So what prompted all of this. Well, so back in October, uh, Brett Smiley made this pledge that he would not accept campaign donations from state employees or state vendors because of his role as the director of administration for the state. He even went to the Ethics Commission, asked for their advice, made this pledge, and they sort of memorialized all of this in an advisory opinion to him. So, you know, I marked my calendar and made sure to check if he fulfilled that pledge on when the first reporting deadline came due, which was this past Monday. Um, and we checked in our excellent data reporter, Eli Sherman, cross-referenced his campaign donations with publicly available spending data. Um, what we found was that several of his more than 200 donors in the fourth quarter of 2020 were executives or even owners of companies that get state money. So we're talking, you know, there was a real estate group that helped with the um, field hospitals. There were law firms that get state business and even one of the landlords from that hosts the state's Department of Environmental Management. And so we brought our findings to Smiley um, earlier this week. And so far, he has refunded six of his campaign donations, totaling $5,000. Um, he has not refunded uh, all of the donations that we flagged for him. And Steph, there are other potential candidates for mayor who are also state employees or hold elective office in government. So why is Smiley's role so unique that he needed to make this pledge and seek ethics advice? Right. So listen, anyone running for office has a day job. Many of them are already elected officials. So there's, we're always going to be on the lookout for campaign donations that come into conflict with their other roles. But in this case, it's really unique because Brett Smiley is one of the top, and actually he's, he's likely the top unelected official in the executive branch as DOA director. He has the power to direct millions of dollars of taxpayer money um, to various vendors. And particularly in the COVID-19 pandemic, because of the state of emergency, the state has been making a lot of emergency spending. You know, there's no time to go through the competitive bid process and all of those various checks and balances. So a lot of money being funneled to, to state vendors. And so he recognized that unique position that he's in and decided to go to the Ethics Commission before starting to fundraise and made this pledge that he wouldn't take money from state vendors. But um, as I mentioned, we found that there were a number of, of donors. And Steph, in your report, Common Cause Rhode Island Executive Director John Marion noted it may not be sustainable for much longer for Smiley to continue to hold this role in state government and also campaign for mayor. So do you know how much longer Smiley plans to do both of these things? Right, so it might be up to Dan McKee, the incoming governor, who could decide to just name his own DOA director. Um, so that's a little bit up in the air. Smiley has told me that he would resign his position before he started. He formally launched his mayoral campaign, but he also wants to help with a smooth transition between the Raimondo administration and McKee administration. But look, he is, he is well on his way to campaigning for mayor, as I mentioned. The fundraising that we've reported on, um, in addition, the Providence Journal reported this morning that he has been meeting with a well-known mail ballot consultant, Eddie Coutinho. That took place at the law offices of a state ethics commissioner who has oh. now resigned from her position. Um, so the bottom line is, Brett Smiley is take, making a lot of moves towards his run for mayor. And so we'll have to see how long he stays in his DOA position. Great reporting here, Steph. Thank you. You know, that is... Um that was obviously Channel 12. Folks, good afternoon right now. It is 12.50 on this, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is. It's impeachment Tuesday this afternoon after 1 o'clock. They're going to start impeachment proceedings again against President Trump. I want to be very clear that I, I don't, I, I've taken a different position on it. First, I do think it's a waste but if they want to go ahead with it and they want to waste time and this prevents more, um, th this gets in the way of President Biden with his agenda. And the longer they can delay that, if it's whether, think if it's a week, that's 10% of his, of his 100, well, two weeks would have to be two weeks, 10 days of, of his, uh, his agenda, his first 100 days. So drag it out. How long do you want to go? Let's keep going with it. 
keep going. Let's let's get AOC on the stand and give her let her under oath now. Talk about where she was the day on January 6th. She definitely was not inside the Capitol. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, listen, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances, whether it's is your washing machine not running properly or maybe your dryer is not working properly or your oven or your ice maker in your refrigerator or your stove or your microwave or your garbage disposal ryan's appliance repair call them 401-710-7096 saturday appointments are available all work is guaranteed for 90 days for parts and labor and senior citizens discounts are available remember what we say when your appliance is dying just call ryan Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, they're open right now. Everything fresh. They open early. They open at 7 o'clock in the morning. They're open till 2 o'clock. Located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Ron and Melissa, everything fresh, so talented. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. And this week, everything Valentine's. Whether it is pastry or special cupcakes or those delicious chocolate-covered strawberries, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, right off of Silver Spring Street. Look for them on Facebook, and they're located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right next to AAA in Providence. By the way, they also have delicious cannolis and calzones and sandwiches and cakes Ron's Pastry Gourmet, everything fresh, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. So the big news of the day, and we're going to uh, carry it, obviously, is going to be the impeachment uh, trial of President Trump. We're going to dip in and out of it next hour. It's um, And I, I just have different thoughts on it. My, my first thought was that what, what's the point of all this? But now... I feel they're not going to get 17 people to flip if they want to waste time. Uh, very soon, legal teams to debate the constitutionality. He is, uh, he's, he's not even in office. It, it doesn't make sense. And I think the, the, I go inside, what is the, you know, the normal person that maybe doesn't follow the news day in and day out the way you do, the way I do? What, what do they think? Um, uh, of all of all of this, I think they see it as a, a waste. I think they see it as what? What is the point? There's so many other things that they could be working on, whether it's the pandemic or different legislation. The con- <clears throat> folks, the country, as you know, listen. This has been a challenging time, and it, Congress has a low approval rating anyway. And to spend your time on this type of thing, I I think, is just a total waste. Now, also, coming up, we'll have the news at 1 o'clock. We'll also have the latest forecast. The latest forecast has, now it depends on where you're listing, northern part of the state and then moving up towards Worcester, 3 to 5 inches. It seems like Providence South, 1 to 3 inches. So, but the light snow certainly could make the roads kind of slick. Um, another big thing that's happening later this afternoon is Governor Mundo is going to appear at a virtual COVID vaccine Q&A on Facebook. So she's going to appear, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee and Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott and Dr. McDonald. It's going to be on Facebook Live at 3.30 with the Department of Health. So now she stopped leading the state's coronavirus briefings last m- month has made very few public appearances since her nomination uh, to be Commerce Secretary in the Biden administration. By the way, her nomination awaits a full vote in the Senate. She did deliver her State of the State last week, but that was almost an empty chamber. She has not taken any reporter's questions since December 22nd. And think of that. That was the Tuesday before Christmas. So this is, um, it is, it's, it's dramatic. So the governor, obviously, her people feel 
that this would be kind of like a safe uh, area for her to kind of jump in a little bit. I'm also seeing, as I mentioned earlier, judge rules against hate crime and Barrington assault. So the case of the Barrington man, that was the um, last September, I think, uh, September, August, using the racial slur against his neighbor, did not rise to a hate crime. So uh, Dr. Richard Gordon of Barrington attacked his neighbor, supposedly. Defense said there was no proof he went after his neighbor who has a dark complexion practicing Muslim because of a skin color or nationality. The defense said just because Gordon used a racial slur doesn't mean it was racially motivated. The prosecution called the doctor to the stand trying to paint a negative picture of Gordon, who called him a problematic neighbor. Prosecution also said the use of the N-word was enough to show the motivation behind his actions. So the judge sentenced him disorderly conduct, simple assault, two misdemeanors of which he was uh, found guilty. So that's how, again, there was a lot of drama building up to that, as there always is, as we saw with the uh, the same thing with the... Um, with the Super Bowl, everything's about race. Now, something also to watch on the docket. Pawtucket School Committee is going to vote returning to in-person learning. There is no excuse that those children are not in school for in-person learning in Pawtucket. It's disgraceful. The schools are not super spreaders. We don't have, there's been no child in Rhode Island that has died uh, below, you know, a, a school-age child. It hasn't happened. Older people, yes, but... Those, Pawtucket is the lone holdout. Pawtucket is the one that has, uh, and they're planning on going till June this way. You know what's also disingenuous is the fact that the Biden people are saying, well, you know, it's got to be safe and they got to go back in a safe atmosphere. I mean, are are you kidding me? It's got to be safe. We've been dealing with this since August. It is absolutely safe. Now, folks, when also when it comes to being healthy, Make sure you pop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, today's a good day. Tomorrow, Thursday, both going to be fully sunny and dry. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She has uh, vitamins and herbal remedies from trusted companies. She has hemp and CBD products. She has also incredible 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas it's my health stop it and see marie the queen of health right across from davenport restaurant i bet you've driven by that old white church you've never stopped in now is your time to stop in and see marie it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland right across from davenport restaurant you can uh, also look for her on Facebook. So it's John DePietro. Here's what we're going to do. It's 1259. We're going to break for the one o'clock news next hour. We're going to see if we're going to dip in on this Trump impeachment trial. So uh, stay tuned. We'll have that and a lot more. Remember, if you want to reach me, get a hold of me, go to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Click on contact John. You can send me an email that way. So we're going to break for the one o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. The power hour is next. Leave it right here. Let's also get the weather forecast on this snowy Tuesday right here on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Stay tuned. Another full hour of the John DePietro show is ahead. Right now it's one o'clock.